Hello, hello, and welcome to the NBA's return and our return to betting. Live betting is back, and it's the Pick and Play podcast. And as always, we're joined by Leo. How are you doing? Money, 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 money. That's how I feel. That's, we've been making money the last couple days. We've been making money. If you're following us, you are making money. And here's the thing. The NBA has kicked off. It is just as glorious as we thought it would be as baseball struggles, and that's fine. Uh, the NBA looks like they've got a really tried and true system. Uh, the NHL has a similar system. We are watching teams and leagues that are smart uh, benefit by keeping their games nonstop. Uh, so first, let's talk about how about this kind of new NBA structure uh, in terms of we're getting basketball from 1 p.m. to essentially midnight to 1 a.m. How great is that? I need this next year, the following year. I, I need more of this where I just get basketball from the start of the day to the end of the day. I need it on weekdays. I need it on weekends. I need it on holidays. I love it. I love it. I love it. You run it back to back to back. Um, so let's let's take a walk through the first couple days. Um, and we'll, we'll get through them quickly. And then we'll come to what we're expecting forward. So on the first night of basketball... Uh, we kind of get some big news, right? The Pelicans versus the Utah Jazz. And the Pelicans do something that I pretty much consider a cardinal sin. Uh, you, you, We're going to reference it again. You saw it a little bit in the last dance. Apparently that Zion is on a minutes restriction. Now, in a one-score game, I don't understand how Zion didn't play any of the final five minutes. Um, They're more... not really playing these little playing games like they need to try and make the playoffs. I don't really understand it. I don't like franchises that act like the basketball game is the least important thing. So, to me, what the Utah, what the New Orleans Pelicans have told everybody is that we have no interest in making the playoffs this year. That's what they've told everybody. That's that's your actions. You can't say it another way. Your best player, who was definitely the best player on the court when he was on the court, didn't play the final five minutes in a one-score game. So, uh, quickly, something to learn about the, the Pelicans. They may already be out of this. This may be a cash grab for ratings on the TV. Um, but by not having Zion available for at least the end of the game, you pretty much rob yourself of any chance to get into that eighth seed. Uh, so, what are your thoughts it, on it, them it acting like that? It didn't make any sense to me. Uh, okay. you know, at the end of that game, Ingram had a chance to win it on the last shot. And so if you're the Pelicans and you know that you need to try and make this playoff, at least I assume that they want to make the play-in game, uh, then I don't understand not putting Zion out there. But as someone who had the Jazz plus two, I appreciate them. Yep. Um, and, and I switched over. I liked the Pelicans at first when I learned Zion was a minute restriction. I flipped over as well. Um, and I just I don't know what to expect from the bubble. They are a team going forward in the bubble that if they play against a good team, I'm going to be betting the house against them. Um, the Jazz, yeah, I feel... they, I, the first game, you know, I, I get it. Whatever you lose to the Jazz, maybe you don't want to play Zion too many minutes. But then yesterday against the Clippers, they look like ass. That's because you've told your team. And look, this is where you capitalize as a gambler. There is a mental aspect to sports that people discount. We saw it. We saw the literal mental aspect run through yesterday's slate, and we'll turn to that in a second. Um, but another team that did not show up, 
was the Los Angeles Lakers. And they started their season by, or started this eight-game stretch by beating the Clippers and essentially needing only one more win to lock up the one seed. But what I think impressed me the most about the Lakers is LeBron's defense that, I guess because, and it's not that LeBron's been a bad defender, but LeBron has, he turns it on and off. And the intensity he showed yesterday, he shut down, not yesterday, two days ago, he shut down both Kawhi and George on the final possession. That's an energy we really haven't been able to see out of him, and I think it's because Anthony Anthony Davis gives him more freedom to not just take plays off, but he doesn't have to go 100% always. He's got potentially a more lethal scorer at all times and and a teammate, something that he really hasn't had the luxury of in the last four years. Right, Anthony Davis looked like the best player on the court in that Clippers game. Uh, but what's impressed me most watching the Lakers is actually it's not LeBron and it's not AD because before they even started these games, this is exactly what I expect from LeBron and AD. When you know when it gets to nut cutting time, I expect them to both be out there balling, yep. doing exactly what they do. What I've been impressed with is Kuzma. Kuzma's yep. had a rough season. Kuzma's had a rough last two seasons, in all honesty, but. I just think Kuzma's looking like he's taking the defensive side of the floor seriously. And, you know, forget the offense. The offense will come and go. You know, he's not always going to go four for eight from three. But he's looking like he wants it on defense. And in that Clippers game, you saw him locking up Kawhi on a few possessions. You saw him frustrating Paul George on a few possessions. If Kuzma's going to give them that defense, they're going to be even an, an even bigger problem than they already were. Yep, and the Lakers seem like they have solidified themselves as the one seed in the West. Um, and then on Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday, we had a chance to see uh, the East, Miami, uh, not Miami, sorry, uh, Boston and Milwaukee face off. Probably in the only important game of the day on Friday. Friday had a lot of games on it, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? It, Friday, right, here, right, you know, right. you had magic nets. Okay, the thing that There's sucked. A couple poo-poo platters. There, there. was some poo poo platters. A couple things that ear that I that I guess I was looking. Uh, I knew they were coming as these games, but the magic, the nets, the Suns, the Wizards, the Kings, and the Spurs are all teams I'm going to bet heavily against, and they all fucking played each other. So I didn't really see a whole lot of opportunity. Um, I followed a philosophy of the teams that are missing their starters bet against them. So I went Magic over Nets. That worked out. Um, I went Suns over Wizards. That worked out. I did not touch the Grizzlies Trailblazers, although that game was a shitload of fun. Um, And then at the end of the night, the Kings and the Spurs played. I don't really have any takeaways from those four games, except that the Trailblazers probably in the best spot to take the eighth seed. Any takeaway from any of those four games? No, but I will give you a a stat that I wasn't aware of until uh, either yesterday, maybe two nights ago. I didn't know that before the stoppage over like the last month or two of the season, the Magic had, I I believe, the number one offense in the NBA. If not number one, it was a top three offense. And I, I did not know that. Yeah. And so they came out against the Magic, or I'm sorry, against the Nets and picked up at that same pace. Now it's the Nets, you know. They probably should score a bunch of points on the Nets. But, uh, you know, I didn't know that they had one of the better or that they had turned into one of the better offenses in the league. I I don't really know how because I don't watch them. But uh, that's something to pay attention to, especially for betting. Unlimited forwards. Uh, 
So I, I, you can look at the box score of the Magic and see this. Here's their box score. Uh, in the first, they score 36. In the second, they score 34. In the third, they score 41. At this point, they are crushing the Nets by like 30-some points. Now, in the fourth, they take everyone out. No one really gets minutes. They're completely out of it. They score 17, almost uh, almost 20 points less than they've scored in any quarter. Okay, so they turn the gas off. The Nets score 36 in that fourth. They had just scored 20 and 23 in the previous two quarters. This was uh, the Magic letting off the gas, and they still won by 10. So uh, the Magic are going to be a team that you can bet, you should be betting against these weaker teams, uh, the Wizards, the Nets. These are teams there. So you can look for these teams. Uh, you know, Magic should be able to beat up on the Nets, should be able to beat up on the Wizards. These these lower-end tiers, like you said, Magic can score a lot of points. That's going to be worth something. We are seeing offense kind of go through the roof. Um, but the most important game out of Friday was the Celtics and the Bucks. Um, I'm a big Celtics fan. Uh, they're one of the – well, they're, they're not one of my three babies that I have running through right now. But I do like the Celtics teamwork. Um, I, I But – Giannis is just a otherworldly freak. Um, I, I can't see anybody in the East really challenging the Bucks. You feel the same way? Think this is over already? Yeah, no, and I think that betting on the Bucks for the rest of the year is going to be pretty safe money. In all honesty, yep. I had the Bucks minus four and a half, I believe, in that game against the Celtics. Yes, they won me a little bit of money. Yep. Um, their defense locks up when it needs to. And it's really difficult to stop Giannis unless you have someone that's Giannis's size who's also athletic, uh, which the Celtics do not have right now. Right. So you saw that bear out in that game. Yeah, no Bledsoe for the Bucks as well, so they'll be getting him back. Uh, and it, it didn't even matter. It didn't them. matter. I don't see it mattering going forward. So I think Boston. I think that the Bucks are going to continue to crush people. Keep an eye on it. Um, because I don't know if Giannis will get some rest or if they're going to be playing to get everyone in shape. I believe they're going to play to get everyone in shape and ready for the playoffs. You get right, that eight was games. The Celtics and they 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 were playing pretty hard. You know what I yep. mean. And I don't think that they're going to let the guy or let their foot off the pedal. Nope. So once they get to a weaker part of this little eight-game stretch, they're going to be blowing teams out of the water as long as Giannis is out there. Yeah, they're going to be doing – I think you're going to see a lot similar to what happened in the NFL with the Ravens where they would crush teams and then you might see Giannis sit a whole fourth. Um, and and you, you so I would say that from a perspective of if you're doing FanDuel or anything like that, be careful who you're starting because these starters – may get pulled early in the fourth on both sides, and you may just have backups running nonstop. Uh, you get up by 30-some points. You're not you're not running Giannis out there anymore. It's bring on the next guy. Bring- right, that's pretty much what they did all season. I think Giannis only averaged like 30 minutes a game for the year. Like They, they just crushed teams the first three quarters, and then yep. he goes and sits down. And then he sits down. Uh, so that flips us into our Saturday slate. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through um, a, a betting philosophy I have for the NBA uh, that really, really, really I started keeping tabs on how I was doing yesterday on Twitter. Um, I believe I went four and one on yesterday's games. The no three and one. Um, I did lose the Lakers game, but I should have known uh, better. That one got me too, man. I, I should have known better, really, because it's the same philosophy, right? So here's how I go into these games. There are sets of teams that want to win every single fucking game, and they want to win them really, really badly. 
and they this is the whole give me the players and the team that looks like they're cohesive uh that have a common goal that uh, you know, uh, are going to be conditioned, are going to be able to get out there and run, right? So give me the mentally strong team uh, that wants to play, that wants to win, right? So right. yesterday, and there's a there's a bet that I like in the in the NBA where you can take a team to win by 17 or more points. It's really 17 to 21, and then 21 plus. You can normally get anywhere from nine to 10 to 13 to one odds, depending on what you're looking at. Now. I ran this twice yesterday. I ran it in the Heat game, and I ran it in the Clipper game. And the reason why I ran it in those games is I looked at it and said, these are teams, the Heat and the Clippers, that want and must win these games. The Clippers are just lost to the Lakers, and they're coming out against the Pelicans. What I saw from the Pelicans was a white flag. We saw that in game one. Was that going to stop in game two? Was Zion going to get you know, a full slate of minutes? No. The Clippers, however, want to win that game. They need to win that game. What do they do? They lambaste them for 20, beat them by 23 points. In the Heat game, the Heat's the team I've been talking about for a while now. I like the fact that we're going to restart this, and they're going to be conditioned, ready to go, and they've got dogs on their team. Absolute Man, dogs. I should have listened to you yesterday morning when we, when we spoke, and you said you liked the Heat against the Nuggets. I should have listened. I loved them. And guess what happens? The Heat run the Nuggets off the court. They looked more conditioned. They looked more cohesive. It really, as soon as halftime, and you can see it in how the Nuggets wore down. Um, the Nuggets scored. Oh, yeah, after the half, the, the Heat ran them out of the building. Ran them out of the building. And that's what I want. I want to see these teams that are more conditioned, better athletes, run the other team out. And that's what we got in, in the Heat-Nugget game. Uh, we rolled to the next game, and that was the Jazz Thunder. I was all over the Thunder for the same reason. I think the Heat and the Thunder are my little babies I've been talking about, about the grind, the grit and grind dogs that, um, the, you know, a lot of people are going to be counting them out because they don't have that superstar, right? Jimmy Butler's great, but he, people do not consider him a superstar, and there's a lot of reasons for that. He doesn't play all-star games in big public. He, you know, he's had a lot of problems uh, with teammates. Um and then when you get to the Thunder, I go, hey, a CP3 team, this is a whole team of dogs that want to win every single game in OKC, period. That's all you saw. So what did they do? They came out and they whipped the Jazz. And the Jazz, I, I didn't take the 17-21. to 21. It would have lost. But the Jazz are a cooked team. They have no chemistry. It's fucking incredible to watch. They have no chemistry. Then you watch the Thunder. Just watch Steven Adams play for one fucking minute and see if Rudy Gobert, you can watch Steven Adams for one minute and you will see more heart, effort, and hustle than you will see out of Rudy Gobert for the entire game. Uh, one minute, I'm not kidding. There was a play where uh, Steven Adams, the ball came down, it was going to roll out of bounds, Steven Adams dove to the floor to get it, the ball bounced he like it was going out of bounds. He grabs the balls. He's falling to the ground. Turns around and pelts it off of a Utah Jazz player to keep the ball in OKC possession. You are never going to see Rudy Gobert diving to the floor for a ball, corralling it, spinning around, and then hitting a you know the other team with the ball so it bounces off them out of bounds. There was no other OKC player around Adams. Adams was making that play on his own. That's the hustle I want to see. 
Right. To your credit, the numbers bear that out. Yesterday uh, in the head-to-head, Steven Adams ends up with 16 points on 7 of 10, 11 rebounds, 2 blocks, and a plus 15 for the game. Uh, Gobert with 10 points, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, minus 14 for the game. I think Gobert is like 4 inches taller. Do you understand that uh, Steven Adams is all heart? All heart. Give me the dogs in these games. Give me the guys that... It's eight games, everybody, and then we're playing for the playoffs. So give me the team that goes, I'm in this. I'm going 8-0 and in this bubble, and that's the end of it. These middle-tier teams that want to move up in the ranking to get a better seating, they're going to be absolutely ferocious. We saw it with the Heat. You see it with the Thunder. And when the Clippers play anyone who's not the Lakers, they're going to fold them up and kick them through, kick them through the ceiling because they're incredible. So... I, I really I really think that uh, you should this is something to be looking at. Um, watch these big dogs against these little dogs and watch them eat. Oklahoma City Thunder are gonna get opportunities to whip teams. Heat are gonna whip teams, the Clippers are gonna whip teams. So I hit all those across the board, ten to one for most cases. Um, had it on two bets at, at eight to one and ten to one, so it, it evened out a little bit for me. But Huge, huge opportunity to get that 17 to 21, essentially 8 to 1 or 10 to 1. Um, the afternoon games or the night games yesterday. Uh, we, we hit Raptors, Lakers. Let's please talk about this Sixers, Pacers game. I think the, the, the thing with the 76ers is exactly what we've always. So, so guess what? Guess, you know, and I love the 76ers. I want the 76ers to be my team. But I just can't abide by a team that forgets all fundamental philosophy on basketball. The Pacers are the, you know, the Pacers should be in that category for me of absolute dogs that no one counts on. Really, I, I've no, I don't, I don't know why I don't count them in my Heat OKC bucket where I'm like these are my dogs. They're just not. I, but they they handle themselves like they do. The fourth quarter yesterday, they outscored the 76ers 46 to 34. To win by uh, six. I need to know how many tickets TJ Warren messed up last night with his 53 points. Mm. I need to know how many people lost money because TJ Warren went for 53. 53. It is, and, and a team like the 76ers that are so big and should be so good defensively, that is a fucking shit show that they didn't do better. They have... No, that team has no heart. The 76ers have no fucking heart. It's embarrassing. I mean, TJ Warren with 53, Embiid goes 41-21 in a loss. How? Harris gets 30. This is, if, if they're combining for 71, you've got to either, you've got to be winning this game. Shake Middleton. Ben Simmons with a minus 11. <sighs> I think that's interesting. He's got it. Embiid was plus twenty one for the game. Ben Simmons minus eleven. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't really blame too much on Simmons. Um, I really look at after that. Okay, my big, your big three: Embiid, Harris, uh, Simmons. I don't always agree that plus minus is the best way to look at a game. When I look at, I don't think so either. But I, that clearly shows something. There's a distinct difference between uh, Embiid's. Well, performance and, uh, and Simmons performance I, I I agree what I look at is let's let's go a step down after those three how do you get literally nothing out of every other player uh, Al Horford they're burning money with Al Horford's contract Al Horford had a minus 26 
He had the most points out of anyone on their bench. Uh, Shake Middleton, if I see Shake Middleton play another minute for the 76ers, I, every game he plays more than five minutes, the 76ers will lose. He has no business on a basketball court. None at all. I don't know what his. I don't know what you bring him on the court to turn the ball over. I guess um, you bring him on the court for. I don't know. You couldn't say oh he's there defensively because fucking Warren had fifty three. So obviously you're not helping in that regard. So I don't really know. I have no fucking clue what this seventy sixers team is once you get past the big three. And I don't see any heart on the big three to elevate the other players on the team and make them want to play better. So, uh, honestly, man, I think the 76ers team is in a lot of fucking trouble. Yeah, I would agree with you. And the Pacers, they actually make me feel kind of good about my prediction because I, I think I remember saying on one of these episodes, if Oladipo plays, then we need to look out for them because yep. I think that they'll be a little, they'll be scary, you know, if if it comes down to it. Now, obviously, you're not getting 53 from T.J. Warren every game. Nope. I, I don't think, at least. Um, but, the you know, the Pacers are a team to keep an eye on. They play feisty. They they don't play scared. Um, you're nope. probably not getting an explosion like that out of anyone on their team again. But I think that we need to be paying attention to the, to the Pacers a little more, at least for these eight games. Maybe not for the playoffs. They're going to fall in. You know what? They fall into that same bucket as OKC and the Heat. They really do. They're just dogs. You know what they want to do? They want to win. Tip off, they want to win. But you know, when they're prepping for a game, they're prepping to win the game. They're doing everything they can at all times to eat, sleep, think about basketball. And that matters. That matters in these games. The 76ers don't think that way. And we can see that in the fourth quarter where they get absolutely, they get beaten by 12 points. They had a six-point lead going into the fourth, and they give up 12 more points than they score. They give up 46 and a quarter in a, in a lockdown, which should be a lockdown corner. They let the Pacers play fast and get by them. It was pathetic coaching. It's a pathetic team. For the amount of talent they have, it's pathetic. Uh, one more thing on the plus minuses. Just, you know, another call out of why I think this is, uh, honestly, they, they really should remove this stat or find a better way to do it. Um, TJ Warren had a plus minus of 18. Uh, Jakar Sampson, who played what four minutes for them um 19 minutes 19 minutes for them uh he went plus 20 with 4.6 rebounds and two assists where tj warren went uh, a plus Samson, minus of 18 plus minus god I, I know but that's where i go well you know i think 53 points might be a little better than plus 18 but you know to each their own uh especially going 20 for 29 from the field from three he went nine for 12 he had four rebounds three assists i don't understand how this does it doesn't have a plus minus of like 50 but um i i don't know how it's all calculated but it's it's one of my issues with that stat uh so flipping into the games today we're going to try to win everyone money um, unfortunately, I, I, will, I, will, I will preface this and say that um, I, I, there are some opportunities, but the, the weak dogs that I want to feast off of are once again all playing each other. Uh, at 2 o'clock today, the Wizards and Nets tip off. And, and wow. a who gives a flying fuck of a game? The Wizards and the Nets play. Uh, the Nets are trying to hold on to the eighth seed, I guess, so they're that they're without everyone who got them Are to the eight seed. Hell no! <laughs> I think you're crazy if you put I'm money on this check. game. I really do. You're just a degenerate, and that's fine. Like I, in in football, I pick almost every game. 
in other sports, I don't know him that well. But it's I would I, I'd be hard pressed to find someone who can tell me why out of this Wizards and Nets games you should take the Nets minus three, the Wizards plus three, other than fuck it and you pull some real weird stat that really doesn't matter out of your ass. I you know what do you see out of that game? I'm not touching that game. That's why I was wondering if you were. I, I you know and I think that the Nets are going to win because the Wizards I think are that bad, but I, I don't feel good enough about anything happening in that game to put yep. money on it. Final score, 131-117. Who wins, right? You, you, if I told you that was the final score, let's say the final score was 123-117. There's no way you could tell me which one of those teams scored which, which amount. Like, there's, no, you know, like, no, and that's, just, that's my problem. My only guess would be that Levert went for 50. 50. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll tell you this, that's, if you are doing Fanduel out there, um, that's where you should kind of take a look. Uh, at these shitty games that aren't going to have any defense at all. Um, the next game up, 3.30. And let me tell you what, again, let's praise the NBA for giving us basketball. We're going to start at 2. We're going to start at 2. We're going to go to 8.30. I mean, we really we are just spoiled little brats. Uh, but at 2 p.m., uh, we get the Wizards and Nets. We hate that game. At 3.30, things start to open up. We get the Trailblazers versus the Celtics. Um, this is in Boston. No, I'm kidding. There are no home teams. Uh... They, technically, the Celtics are home. Celtics are minus four and a half. Uh, so I don't, I don't like to use this term too much, but I think the Celtics are going to slaughter the tra- Trailblazers today. I don't think this is fucking close. I think the Celtics get their shit together today. Uh, this is the game they turn around and they just pummel. Um, I'm going to take the Celtics minus four and a half. Mm, interesting. I was actually thinking that I might take the Trailblazers in this game. Only because, I mean, the, the Celtics, they're playing for seeding right now, and I know that that's important, but yep. without home court advantage, I don't know how important it is. The the Trailblazers, they're playing for their lives right now. Yep. So I, I, I kind of like the Blazers plus four and a half. Look, I, I think that the Celtics, for me, my perspective, I think the Trailblazers got the one win that, that they, you know, they, they, they really got to go something like six and two. So what I figured out is you don't actually have to overtake the eighth seed. You have to be within four games of the eighth seed uh, to get a playoff game as the ninth seed. So I think the Trailblazers are going to get that playoffs, and I think it's going to be against the Grizzlies. Um, but I really like I really like the Celtics. I think they're that grit and grind team. I just think they went up against a sledgehammer. I think they're going to look a lot better versus everybody else. Now, the only problem I have with this game for me betting on that 17-21 to 21 is Dame Lillard could take this game over as the best player in the game. And anytime yeah. you have the best yeah. player He's in the game. the most talented player in this game. Yep, and I think that's what they might run into. Uh, so we're going to split on that. We get to the 4 o'clock game. To me, this is a must win for the Grizzlies. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and take the Grizzlies minus 4.5. I think this is going to be close. This is Popovich coaching at Popovich levels. Um, the Grizzlies are a better team, though. I think they need the win to, to kind of just stay ahead of the Trailblazers. Um, and so I'm going to go Grizzlies minus four and a half. My only problem with the Grizzlies in this game, and I, I'm with you with the minus four and a half for Memphis, most likely. That's probably where I'll put my money. But my only issue is that two days ago they played that overtime game against the Trailblazers and lost. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe the legs are a little heavy today. I don't know. The, the Spurs, they, they played a close game against the Kings, but I don't think that they had to exert too much, whereas the Grizzlies just played in overtime. So, it's something to look out for. Yeah, I, I don't know how fatigue is going to... I don't know how overtime games are going to affect these players, 
I think we're going to see a good bit of overtime games. The thing that's interesting to me is there's no travel. Like, there's none of these, oh, I've got to go sit in a plane for six hours after, after playing a game. You just go back to your hotel that's right there, and you get treatment yeah, that's right there. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's something to keep an eye on because normally you, you, it's tough to get treatment on an airplane. It's not tough to get treatment in a hotel room. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's something to watch. And, and what I'm telling people is this. If you think that's a thing and you think rest isn't going to be as big, as a de- big of a deal, look, then you need to bet accordingly. That means that offenses are going to go nuts. They're not going to tire as easily. And we're kind of seeing that. The over-unders in a lot of these games are uh, on Friday, every single over hit. Okay, that's what you're getting. It's not a coincidence. It's because these players don't have to travel. They're right there. They're rested. They're ready to go. So that takes us to uh, the next game, 6 o'clock. Kings Magic. I like the Magic to thump the shit out of the Kings. Yeah, especially after hearing that stat about how they've been one of the most efficient offenses lately. I mean, the spread's two and a half. Yeah, I like the magic in this game as well. Like the magic to just thump them. Um, I'm not again, not all the way up, but I I might look for an alternative line for magic minus five, magic minus six, and see if I can get those odds to like two to one. Um, maybe I can get around seven at two to one. That's what I'm going to be looking for. That's what I think there's a big bonus on. Is hey, can you find an alternative line? Um, if you feel strongly, take the alternative line, get the better odds for yourself. You want to double down. Go ahead and take the Magic minus two and a half, but then see if you can get them also at seven for two to one. You know, worst case scenario, you break even. Um, If you cover the one, well, no, worst case scenario, you lose fucking both. But you're more likely to win one and then bust the other. Uh, But if you feel strongly, go for it. Uh, The 8.30 game tonight, this is the Bucks and the Rockets. You were speaking of teams that may be tired. The Rockets got an absolute barn burner with the Mavericks uh, a couple nights ago. That game was beautiful. It proved one thing. Do not try to run and gun with the Rockets. They are built for it. They would love for you to play their game. The Mavericks did. The Mavericks should have won. There were 40 seconds left. They were up by seven, and they lost. They went to overtime, and then they got raced out. You got to slow the game down against the Rockets when they miss their shots. This is a team in the Bucks that I think will sledgehammer through the Rockets. Um... I don't think see the Rockets having anyone that can stop Giannis in any way. I think, especially how small the Rockets are, man, I think this could be an absolute runaway train for Giannis. I, I might take him in FanDuel because I think he could have 40 by the third. Um, I don't even know if he'll play the fourth, but he still may be worth it because I don't see anybody on Houston stopping or even slowing down um Giannis how do you feel about this game it is Bucks minus four and a half I I I like the Bucks I like the Bucks but if we're gonna get the James Harden that we got Friday night then this game is not gonna be a blowout um uh, like you said you can't try to get into a gunfight with these guys uh I know the Bucks they they like playing fast if they can uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see what style wins out. But uh, ultimately, the Rockets—they don't have anything for Giannis. This is one of those matchups where small ball is really gonna hurt. Uh, so it, yeah, I, I have the Bucks as well. But you know, when it comes to that Mavericks and Rockets game, uh, you saw why you can't try to get into a gunfight no. with Houston. 
No, now at the end, the Mavs wore down because they couldn't keep pace, and James Harden was right there at the end of the fourth and in overtime, still attacking the rim, still hitting threes, still getting to the line, yep. where Luka looked like he ran out of gas a little bit. Yep, and, and that's the distinction between playing downhill and playing fast. When you play downhill, you're using momentum to... The idea of playing downhill is you're running at somebody. Okay, you are running through them. It, it, there's an inferred physical contact when you run downhill. You hear it a lot in football. When you're running downhill, you've got your shoulders square, your head's down, and you are plowing forward. You've got momentum, you've got speed, and you're looking for contact. When you play fast, you're looking to get in and get out. It's not so much about the contact. What happened with the Mavs is the Mavs played fast. What you need to do is play downhill against the Rockets. You have to crush them physically. You have to crush them mentally. Is exactly how James Harden and Russell Westbrook play. They, it is. And the way to beat them isn't by playing fast. That just enables them to get the ball and reset. Giannis plays downhill. And he comes hard and he comes fast. And I don't see anyone who's going to be able to stop that. I think that's going to be the real key. Harden's always good. Um, I will tell you this. If the Rockets have a spectacular night tonight, watch out. Watch out in the playoffs. I've been telling you to look out for him. I know. I feel like James Harden in this setting right here is scary. It, I, it's a very interesting world. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks minus four and a half. But look, I'm, I'm I will I will hold what I think about Harden his inability to get it done in the playoffs. Um, he's had a couple years where that's been proven wrong. He's had a lot of years where he's proven that right. A lot of people say he wears down. I don't know. We'll take a look. Um, he's he's Coming rested. Off of three months rest though. That shouldn't uh, be a thing. It shouldn't be a thing. So I, I you know we're I, I I have faith that we're gonna see good basketball out of these teams. But I don't really you know I'm not sold on the Rockets yet. Uh, I like the way they play. They better play with my better. They play downhill. But I got to, you know, if you're going to say, hey, who, right now in this game, I'm going to take Giannis to be the hammer uh, and then the Rockets to be the nail. Last game of the night, this is a revenge game. The Mavericks uh, are playing the Suns. I'm going to take the Mavericks and I'm going to go, I'm going to go the full Monty. I'm going to take the Mavericks to win by 17 to 21 here. This is going to be my little key game. 9 p.m., the Suns are not really going to go anywhere. Uh, they won their first game. I think the Mavericks, this is a game that the Mavericks really look at and go, we got to get this one. Um, you're not going to have many easier games than the Suns. I like the Mavericks. They're minus six, but I'm also going to take them at 17, 17 up. I do like the Mavericks as well. They're playing for seeding. I know that the Suns are kind of playing to try and get into that playing game, but I don't think that yeah, I don't think it's really realistic. The Mavericks are trying to get out of that seven spot to avoid having to play the Clippers in the first round. So I like the Mavericks to come bounce back after that tough loss to Houston, win by double digits. And so right now, as we take a look at the um, as the standings, and not much has changed, but let's do a brief rundown. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, we have Orlando, Brooklyn, and Washington still fighting out. If Washington can get within four games of Brooklyn, We'll get a playoff. We'll get a play-in series. Now, my understanding of the play-in series is such. Correct me if I'm wrong, Leo. Um, you need to be within four games of the eighth seed. It's only eligible for the ninth seed. 
in that world, you're going to play the eighth seed. You must win two games in a row. So you're going to play a best two out of three series. However, you need to win both in a row. If you win game one and lose game two, you're out. So the eighth seed has to fend off the other team basically in back-to-back games. If that, yeah, yep. I think you're right on that. But, bro, I, I really don't want to see a Wizards-Nets playing series. Oh, my God, no one does. The biggest problem is right now the Nets are six games above them. And that leaves two slipping stones somewhere. Um, and, of course... Of course they play They fucking... Today. They play today. So, that's a game swing you could see. And then it's down to one. Who knows? But that's out there. Orlando's at 31 wins. They haven't clinched yet either. Um, but I believe that the Mavericks will... That's why they're going to take care of the Mavericks. The Magic will take care of business today against the Kings and go ahead and stomp their way through. I think one more win will put them into the untouchable range and, and lock them in, so keep that in mind. Over on the Western Conference, the Lakers are one game away from their win. It's why I should have really seen them in a letdown game yesterday. They got their big win against the Clippers, which essentially solidified them as the one seed. They just need to win one more game now because they beat the Clippers. Uh, now that they have that, they could get it any time. Then you could see them kind of mentally check out. I, I believe that could happen. Uh, yeah, as soon as they lock up the first seed, that's when I expect some load management to start for AD and, and LeBron. Maybe not LeBron. I, it looks like LeBron kind of wants to use these games to rev up the engine. Yep. But I wouldn't doubt if we saw AD playing some 25-minute uh, games. And that's why they, you know, not to not take anything away from the Raptors, but what you saw yesterday was the Lakers. They looked lackadaisical to start that game, and it made yeah, sense. AD did not look like he showed up to play basketball. I, I didn't think LeBron did either. They all stood around for parts of the game when they were down early, like down ten nothing. They they were like standing around, so they turned it into a game. Credit to them. Um, we go through the bottom: Dallas, Memphis, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, New Orleans, Phoenix. Uh, here's the thing. New Orleans is done. They're cooked. They started out. They're 0-2. Zion's not back fully. They're two. They, they're now two games behind Portland. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to catch them. They've got to catch San Antonio. Phoenix could leapfrog them. Uh, get the Clippers out of here. Get the Clippers? I mean, I'm sorry. Not the Clippers. The Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans are out. I think Phoenix is out. I think Sacramento's out. I think San Antonio's out. I think we are going to get a really good... I think we're going to get a fucking great series between Memphis and Portland uh, when they go to do... I think they're not, they're not going to be able to separate from each other. And, and you're going to get a, you're gonna get a, good, uh, a, a good playoff series. Um, tonight, That's why the, I kind of like Portland today against the Celtics. Yeah. I feel like Portland's making that push to make sure they get that plan. Yeah, and, and look, that if that happens, then we're really looking at a case of teams wanting it more than other teams, and I don't think we've ever had a more... Uh, I don't think we've ever had a better experience to understand what that means as a fan. Uh, teams wanting it more, you go, oh, of course they all wanted it more. That's not true. You ever woken up and had a bad day? Like, you ever had a bad day at work? It happens. And sometimes you're like, fuck it, this does not matter. This project, this responsibility... You know, I'm going to give it, you know, I'm going to get in there and do my job, kind of. But it's not going to, you know, I'm not going to go above and beyond. I'm not turning corners to help people (laughs) out. I'm going to go back happily to the hotel no matter what happens here. Right. And you're going to play because you're, you know, that's your job. But it doesn't mean you're going to do a great job. Um, We get a whole bunch of this today. Uh, What is it? I think Phoenix, Sacramento, San Antonio, Portland, and Memphis all play today. So we're going to get additional, we're going to kind of get a better idea of what we're looking at from the West. 
the Dallas Mavericks need to win one more game to lock into a playoff spot. So that's, you know, that's a reason why I like them today. Just get it over with, get it in. Uh, and then we're going to see Memphis and Portland battle this down the stretch. Uh, any, any thoughts on the uh, Eastern and Western conferences before we flip the page over and talk a little NFL? No, no, I'm good. I, I would like to see what the Nuggets have. I know the Nuggets are missing some pieces right now, but I, I would think if I'm the Nuggets, I would want to try to get to that two seed um, and avoid the 4-5. If they fall into that 4-5 and have to potentially see the Lakers in the second round, then uh, I don't think that that's what they want. So I'm watching the Nuggets. I, I want to see what they're up to. I think we're looking at Utah falling out of the top five in Oklahoma City and Houston. I, I think I said that the way this is going to work out is Oklahoma City and Houston will play each other in the first round, being the four and the five seed. Um, and I think we're going to get that. Uh, that's what everything's trending towards. Uh, my prediction that the NBA likes uh, that sports work themselves out to be ironic. Uh, I, I, I think we're looking at Oklahoma City and Houston on a crash course for each other. Um, Utah, I think, is in a free fall. They look terrible team chemistry-wise. I'll be betting against them a lot. Um, I could see Utah falling all the way out into the seventh seed and Dallas sliding up and Utah having to go against the Clippers in the first round uh, and then just getting absolutely turned inside out. But from, from my take, Dallas the Lakers... needs to start winning games for that to happen. They're four games back in the loss column. Are they four for Utah? Oh, yeah, they're four. So they're four in the loss column. I'm just looking at wins. Uh, so they probably won't be able to catch them. Uh, they'll probably st Dallas probably stick at the seven seed. But Utah's, what, only half a game up on Oklahoma and Houston. I don't see them holding that. So I think Utah's going to slip down. Utah could be the six seed. They end up playing Denver. Get Utah and Denver. Get them out of the way early. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's flip over to... Uh, NFL talk. Actually, let me let me drop one thing. I told you the best bet you could possibly have in sports anywhere is the Orioles over. Uh, to date, that Orioles over is five one and one. So um, I don't know what anyone's adversity would be to uh, <laughs> betting on that number, but uh, <laughs> it's been pretty fucking good. At 5-1-1, one, one, it's going to be hard to find another bet that you can just put in and walk away from. Um, it hits all the time. Yesterday, the over-under was 8.5. We had a 4-4 four, four tie. We started celebrating as soon as it got to 4-4. Four, four. Why? There's got to be another point. Another point puts it at the over, gives you the 9. Sure as shit, the Orioles do. They actually win it in a walk-off. Uh, the Orioles today are playing at 1 o'clock. They have a 9.5 over-under. It was 10 when it opened last night. It dropped. Look, not saying it's going to never lose, but it's 5-1 and fucking 1. Take the fucking money. It's there. All right, let's... i got to start betting that over. I'm uh, going to start today. I, 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 I just bang it all the time. Um, okay. NFL talk. You posed a question to me earlier today. I wanted to break it down a little bit. Go. All right, so let me ask you here for the, for the pod. So I, I, I essentially have a, a dynasty draft later today, and so my my decision is ultimately going to boil down to uh, Henry Ruggs versus Jalen Rager. At least that's how I, I think it's going to play out. Uh, and I can't really decide between the two. They both have they both have easy paths to be the number one receiver on their teams. Uh, they both play on teams that are going to pass the ball. 
I just can't pick between the two. I think that Ruggs is the better football player. I kind of like Rager's situation better. What do you think? Yeah, so that's it. If you're talking about like a dynasty league or something that you're going to hold on to for long term, take the better organization player just because they have a better chance of being productive. Um, Henry Ruggs is the better talent. So if you're going, and I think a lot of this breaks down into what you also have um, on your team already. Um, if, but if it is like a keeper league that you're going to be able to hold on to the player for a while, um, I, I, I go with the player in Philadelphia. Um, better, better quarterback, better coach, easier division. Um, th- these things I really like. It, it's not like, um, you know, when you get Rager, you're going to get, you know, Philadelphia, right? So you're going to get to play against the Giants and the Washington Football Club twice a year uh on the other side of thing and you're going to get Carson Wentz throwing him the ball on the other side uh with rugs I I don't know if those opportunities exist in the same way and and you could see you know Derek Carr gone next year they bring in a rookie you know you could see that uh Derek Carr doesn't really throw the ball down fucking field um, he's a check. See, my guy. thing is that if that's the case, right? If, like you say, if Derek Carr's gone, they bring in a rookie. If that rookie's Trevor Lawrence or it's Justin Fields or it's someone that I think highly of, then I would want to have rugs there. Yeah, I, I just go, you know, I in that you're basically drafting a player this year in hopes that they finish poor enough that they end up with a top pick next year and get one of the best quarterbacks and that can happen then you're going to ask for that quarterback to actually be good in the nfl and that's less likely to happen where you look at philly and you go you've got a mvp borderline mvp in carson wentz who doesn't now he gets hurt and and that is a concern but he's he's a carson wentz when healthy is a top 10 quarterback and he's going to give you results um i you know honestly I go towards the organization because that's how my mind leads when it comes to sports. But if you're talking about upside, Ruggs' upside is, uh, in, in my opinion, leaps and bounds above uh, Rager. And, and that, right. That's what I agree with, too. See, my thing is, so I'm looking, I, I take a look at Ruggs' route distribution at Alabama, right? And so I, I go into this thinking... Uh, routes is uh, rugs is just a deep guy you know he's just gonna be running go routes all the time opening up the underneath and so what i really realized is that a lot of his work came on slants and little cross routes yep. and that kind of stuff and that yes. does fit Derek carr's profile yep and, and the way it works is he hits him and then takes it to the house with his speed i i could see that working um i just you know, that's what you're going to have to discuss. And I don't know what, what team you've held on to. Um, I, I'd probably say go with Ruggs. Uh, your better organization is Ragor, but Ruggs is going to have an opportunity. The other thing that, that, you know, I'm just now kind of thinking through, when you get to play against the Chiefs and you're going to play against the Broncos, um, you're and not so much the the San Diego because San Diego is not a uh, not San Diego uh, the Los Angeles Chargers aren't a gunfight team but you know the only way to beat Kansas City you're gonna have to score thirty you know and that's twice a year that you're gonna be throwing the ball so rugs could you could see a lot out of rugs there 
um, against, uh, looks like Denver's gearing up to be a pass first team as well. They are going to have good distribution with running backs, but they do have weapons and Sutton. Um, so, I, you know, you may just go give me the shitty Oakland team that's going to have to put up 4,000 passing yards because they're behind in so many games. So right, I, I, right. I, I think you're right. Last year they were no good, and I think I saw, if, I, if I'm remembering the stat correctly, they were fourth in the NFL in pass attempts. Yeah, so I, I think, you, and it's a John Gruden offense, he loves that shit. He had planned to try to get Antonio around 2,000 yards. You could see that with rugs. So I think you're right. I think the only option really is rugs. Um, don't be surprised if Rager is better long term, but if you're going one year, two year, your highest upside is by far rugs. You know, uh, rugs could turn into a 1500 yards this year if 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 they just feed him and feed him and feed him, and they could. I, I feel like Gruden and uh, and Mayock have to justify taking rugs over Lamb and Judy, so I feel like they're gonna force feed him a little bit. Yep, that's where I think it goes. All right, Leo. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here? No, man, I'm ready to make more money. Uh, you know, I, I hope that some of the bets that we threw out there today uh, work out for us so that we can show people that this is how you make money. You got to listen to us. Yeah, you got to listen to us. And look, uh, one thing we're going to offer that most other groups aren't going to offer is not just uh, the in- it's a, It's a different level of insight. Um, we talk a lot about what wears teams down. Um, and the mental aspects of the game that I think a lot of people a lot of people just focus on the X's and O's when there's so much mental that goes into just preparing for a regular day in your life. So uh, we're trying to hit it from that angle. It's been pretty successful. Um, we had a good day betting yesterday. Bet the over on the Orioles. It's five one and one on the year. Um, Leo, where can they find you? Uh, at Pick and Scroll on Twitter. Uh, pick and Scroll everywhere. Where, wherever you want to search it, I'm there. All right, and you can find me at Pick and Play Thirty Seven on Twitter. Uh, we have we will this pod will be up for everyone to listen to right before the games kick off today. So, everyone, take care. Subscribe, rate, review. We love for you listening in. Thanks. Let's make some money. Make some money.